Having prayed to God, Nehemiah went before the king and asked for the resources he would need to begin rebuilding the devastated city of Jerusalem. The king agreed, and Nehemiah left for Jerusalem with letters from the king that gave him authority to order everything he needed. The king also sent army officers and cavalry with Nehemiah to ensure his safe passage. When Nehemiah arrived in Jerusalem, he and a few others went out during the night to inspect the city and assess the damage. Seeing the state of the city, Nehemiah called together all the city officials and said to them, You see the trouble we're in. Jerusalem lies in ruins and its gates have been burned with fire. Come, let us rebuild the wall of Jerusalem and we will no longer be in disgrace. Nehemiah's proposals received a mixed reception, but he was determined and declared in front of them all, The God of heaven will give us success. We, his servants, will start rebuilding. So they got started on the reconstruction. Eliashib the high priest and his fellow priests went to work and rebuilt the sheep gate. They dedicated it and set its doors in place, building as far as the Tower of the Hundred, which they dedicated, and as far as the Tower of Hananel. The men of Jericho built the adjoining section, and Zakur son of Imri built next to them. Azil son of Hariah, one of the goldsmiths, repaired the next section, and Hananiah, one of the perfume makers, made repairs next to that. They restored Jerusalem as far as the broad wall, place by place around Jerusalem. They worked together to restore the city. Well, hi everyone. Isn't it great to be in church together today? If you are in church with us last week, you'll know that we began a brand new series, Living on Purpose, and this week we follow on with Living on Purpose together. As we come to God's Word, we're going to be considering this truth, that key to living out our God-given purpose is community, is God's people, building together. Well, I wonder if during lockdown you've been doing any building work of your own. Perhaps you're smugly sitting on your smart new decking or you've got beautiful shiny wallpaper that you're looking at even right now. Or maybe your projects went a little bit like ours. Well, I am only joking. I haven't left my husband dangling through the ceiling like that. In fact, we really quite like a building project. We have a lot of fun planning them and we have a lot of fun, in the main part, making them happen. Well, today we return to the building site that was Jerusalem in 445 BC. The background to the story is that Babylonian soldiers just 150 years previously had left the city absolutely desolate. The temple was engulfed in flames, the homes were destroyed, the big strong walls that had protected the community were tumbled down in so many places and probably saddest of all, a beleaguered people in the main part had been marched off into captivity under a brutal regime. The tragedy of all of this was that the community of God and his purpose for them had been lost. In essence, these people had actually found that they had been disregarding God's purposes. And so consequently, they'd left themselves vulnerable. 
and so this attack had taken place so tragically. But our God is a God of promise. He has redemption right at his heart and so God sets his redemption plan in the heart of Nehemiah and we heard a little bit about that last week. But this redemption plan was a little bit more than filling some gaps in a wall. Actually, this was about the rebuilding of a community of a people centred around God's purposes. The Nehemiah story stands as a fantastic big story, a metaphor for how God works with people, how God builds people together. He takes hold of what appears like rubble in our lives, what is broken. He forgives us. He redeems us. He sets us back on our feet. He places us in a loving community with other people and he sends us out to partner with him to see redemption come to communities and to other people as well. It's a glorious picture. And so today we're going to look at some of the principles in Nehemiah that really encourage us to thrive as a community of God's people as we build together for his purposes. So the first principle is this, build together and not on your own. If we pick up the story from last week, Nehemiah has this uh, approach to the king and the king gives him permission to go to Jerusalem and to see what needs doing and start rebuilding. And so we pick it up in chapter 2 verse 13 where we read Nehemiah speaking. I set out during the night with a few others. We examined the walls that had been broken down and its gates that had been destroyed by fire. I said to them, you see the trouble that we're in? Jerusalem lies in ruins and its gates have been burned by fire. Come on, let's rebuild the walls of Jerusalem and we will no longer be in disgrace. And the God of heaven will give us success. Nehemiah really got it that you can't build community all by yourself. He didn't move into Jerusalem with his kind of one man Superman vest on and said, hey, look at me, I'm going to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem all by myself. No, from the get go, he started building a community. He called other people together. He gathered them and he took them on this reconnaissance mission. And as they surveyed the walls together, he was getting their buy-in, their ownership for this big plan of God. They became motivated by this call to rebuild this community around God's purposes for a better future. And as they stood together in the darkness of night, this tiny band of people who'd been moved by what they had seen pledged together that they would mend what was broken, that they together would rebuild this community centred around God himself. There's a fantastic African proverb which says, if you want to move fast, go alone. But if you want to move far, go together. It would be really easy to think during this lockdown, well, life is on hold and actually we can't do much together. 
So is there much point to all of this? Well, yes, there is, because God is still working out his purposes and God works out his purposes in partnership with us together. Here's a great story that I heard just this last week on this very point that we build together and not on our own. Just before lockdown, God spoke to one of our pastors as he was reading God's word and it came with a bit of an instruction. God said to him, go walk. And so he took God, as, uh, God at his word and he identified some places where he wanted to go walk and pray and listen to what God might be saying to him about those very communities. And then he started to realise that actually maybe this instruction, go walk, wasn't just for him. And he thought, I need to share this with some other people. Then lockdown happened. But undeterred, he determined to share what was on his heart, what God was showing him in this season. And so he shared that with some of his leaders. One lady in particular really felt, yes, I think that word's for me. And I think it might be for some other people as well. And so she in turn shared that word, go walk and ask people to pray and consider whether it was for them. And so in the last couple of weeks, two little groups, less than six each, in a socially distanced way, have hit the streets. One group has gone to a particular area where God had really got their attention to go and they've been praying blessing upon that community. They've been listening to God as they, as they go, listening for anything that God might want them to do next for that community and for those people. The second group felt that it was a school that had really got their attention and so they've been uh, walking and praying for that school, praying for its pupils, its teachers, its parents and also asking God, God what is it that you're trying to show us that's in your heart? What is it that we can do next? What a great example that in this season God is working his purposes out and he's building together with us. So let's build together and not on our own. Let's build together and bring your passions with you. At the beginning of chapter three, we see the building work begin. In the first verse, it says, Eliashib the high priest and his fellow priests went to work to rebuild the sheep gate. They dedicated it and they set its doors in place. The high priest started at Sheepgate and this was a really smart move because Sheepgate was right next to the temple. This was their place of work. This was a place that really mattered to them. This was a place where they were gonna walk by Sheepgate and those walls every single day. And so, of course they bought into it, of course they were motivated to build right there and rebuild what had been broken. What a smart thing that they would build what was right under their noses. Now if we go back to the lockdown projects, it's not surprising really that there have been so many DIY projects underway in lockdown. First of all, 
a good number of us have had more time to do them. But also, we have been in our homes like never before. We've been seeing what, a bit, what has been right under our noses all along and we have been determined to fix it. Well, if that's true for our houses, how much more true for when God puts people right under our noses? In this lockdown season, I wonder what have you been seeing in your community that seems broken? Perhaps God has been getting your attention about relational challenges that just are like glaring gaps in a wall. In society, what stirs your heart? What really makes you cry that you see in this season? And if you can't think of anything right now, ask God to show you something because there is probably something right under your nose where he is trying to get your attention. And if it's in our view, it's in our gift to do something about it. A good number of years ago, a lady asked if she could have a chat. And when we met up, the lady said that she, she wanted to have a chat because God had been getting her attention, her attention about the local prison. She walked past the local prison every day to work. And as she started to talk, she said, I can't get the prison out of my mind. I wake up in the night thinking about it. I feel like prompted during the day to pray for the people that live there and the people that work there. I can't get it out of my mind. And so in the conversation, I just said to her, well, what is it that you think God wants you to do then about it? Well, she looked at me a bit nonplussed and she said, do about it? Me? I wasn't thinking that God wanted me to do anything about it. I wasn't going to do anything about it. I thought you might do something about it. And then we talked a little bit more about the way that God was getting her attention and she realised that this was actually a kingdom assignment from him for her. And as the penny dropped, she said, oh yes, it's for me, it's for me. And so she went on and she did some great things with others in that place. So I just want to ask you, what is it that God has placed right under your nose where he's trying to get your attention? And where he's got your attention, there is a next step. Find your people. Find the people that share that same passion, that same burden. Ask God to help you to identify them. Get with them. Pray with them. Ask God together what it is that he wants you to do. And then plan your next step and build together. Let's build together and let's bring our passions with us. Let's build together because there is also something bigger going on. If we return to Sheepgate, we know that that place was so called because it was through that gate that the sheep were brought into the temple for sacrificial slaughter for the forgiveness of sins. And as those people lifted up those bricks and put those bricks back in the wall and restored the gates, little could they have foreseen that some 500 years later, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world would walk through that very gate that they had rebuilt. 
he would go to Gethsemane and Jesus would travail in prayer with his father in that place as he contemplated the cross. He would go to the cross and give his life as a once and for all sacrifice for the forgiveness of sin and the trajectory of humankind was changed forever. How, they, how could they have ever foreseen that what they were doing was much bigger? You know, when we say yes to God and we get involved and we partner with him, we step into something much bigger than ourselves. Scripture says, no eye has seen, no ear heard, nor mind conceived what God has in store for those who love him. I love the truth that when we say yes to God, God joins our yeses together and together his kingdom comes. Together his will is done on earth as in heaven. So let's build together because there's something much bigger going on. We are built together. We really are. So let's stay connected. In this story about the building work in Jerusalem is a very long list of names, most of whom now have passed into obscurity. But what we find is that in this long list, this list is punctuated by one little phrase, next to them. This little phrase very simply means hand by hand, from which we get the phrase many hands make light work. And what a fantastic picture. We can imagine, can't we, the walls of Jerusalem, but more than that, people working hand by hand by hand, a never-ending circle all around those walls in order that they might see the purposes of God fulfilled. There was so much more the construction going on in this. God's purpose, the community of God's people, was being established as they worked hand by hand by hand. For many, this was going to be their forever home. There would be a bustling market, marketplace, their children would play in the streets and they would join together in worship in the temple, standing together, giving glory to God that he had restored their community, centred around him and his glorious purposes for them. And we can imagine that as they worked together, as they pushed through the challenges as they built that wall, as they kept each other motivated and they kept that dream of God alive with each other, there was something much bigger being built. God was building his community from the start, people engaged with God's purposes. This community of grace was made up of so many different hands. There were people from a wide variety of occupations, goldsmiths and perfume makers, for example, not your standard construction workers. There were people from a wide geographical span, some travelling over 30 miles to come and join in on this story of God and all that he was doing. There were people who were prepared to work in alien environments like the Dungate, would you believe? These were people from different day jobs, different geographical areas, different backgrounds, working in different parts. 
but there was one overarching call on their lives the call to belong to this community of grace engaged in building together for the glory of God and for his purposes. This is surely a picture, another type of the body of Christ. We are his glorious family from a plethora of backgrounds with our unique gifts, our skills and yet built together into one community of grace for his purpose centred on Jesus Christ. The physical temple of the Old Testament that was built then was superseded by the spiritual temple, the body of Christ, a people built together as living stones. And I just felt today to remind us, especially when we can't connect in the usual ways that we would in church, that we are his glorious body. We are supernaturally connected to each other in Christ. His Holy Spirit is within us just as much as before lockdown. The church is gloriously alive and our God is with us. So we are not on our own. As in other times in history, you know, when the church has faced challenges in meeting in person, we too, as one voice, can pray, can cry out to God, can seek his face, can ask him about his desires for us as a body and help and ask him to give our best attentions to creatively building and continuing to build this glorious family, which is his church, the family of God. Jesus has declared, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. So now, more than ever, this glorious connection that we have been given, we can play our part in strengthening. So let's stay connected. There's one very sad, poignant little verse in Nehemiah 3, verse 5. Amongst all the excitement and enthusiasm of so many people building together, we read this. But their nobles would not put their shoulders to the work under their supervisors. We don't know why these men chose to stand on the sidelines, but I'm sure we know from personal experience that that can be a very dangerous place to be. When we choose to step out and not lean in, it's very easy for criticism to fall from our lips concerning each other. Mentally, we can distance ourselves from the very people that God has called us to belong to. And we can even find ourselves outside of the purposes of God. Don't find yourself on the sidelines. Lean in in this season. Let's do all we can to do actually the opposite of leaning out. Let's go further. Let's see what we can do to build further together as a community of God's people. Here's a little practical thing that I thought that we could really do to partner with God as being together in the body of Christ. How about we ask God, God, will you show us now? Will you show me now the face of someone in church who you know really needs my connection? 
And if anybody popped into your mind just then, pick up the phone to them. Perhaps you could go for a socially distanced walk together. You could pray for each other or pray with each other. You could offer help to each other. And if no one comes to mind, maybe this is the moment for you to step a little closer. Perhaps join a life group or sign up for Alpha. Get in touch with someone on the pastoral team and we would love to reach out to you and help you get better connected. Or perhaps give help to serving others. There's some great information on our website about that. We are not on our own. We are part of this glorious community, the body of Christ. So let's commit together to thrive together in this season, to live out his glorious purpose in him and to do so together. There's one group of people watching today that I just really want to give my attention to just now. You've been looking through the window that is the church and you've been wondering about God. Maybe you've never really given him a thought before and you've been wondering about the church. You've been wondering about what life might mean for you actually if you ask God into your life. And I want to say to you, God is calling to you right now in this moment. Jesus is saying, move a little closer. I, I want to come into your life. Move a little closer to me. Step into my purposes. And hey, as you do, there's a whole bunch of my family that you want, I want you to meet. And they're great. So if that's you, if Jesus is calling you, in that way, why don't you pray with me in this moment? Thank you, Father, that you love me. Thank you that you have purpose for my life and you want to welcome me into your family. Thank you, Jesus, that you gave your life for me on the cross. I ask you to forgive me for living life without you, for the regrets, the sin and mistakes of my past. I ask you to come into my life right now to clean my heart and make it new. Fill me with your loving presence today. Amen. Well, if you prayed that prayer with me, this is a life-changing moment for you and we really want to connect with you. We want to introduce you as well to some other people that you can do this journey together with in God. So please don't hesitate. Will you get in touch with us right now using the link that's on the screen? And we can't wait to connect with you. Well, church, we're going to worship together. So if you're able, why don't we stand, lift our voices and to declare together that our God is with us. <laughs> 